Welcome to Fair Podcasts. Join your hosts as they dismantle current news articles and help separate fact from fiction. On today's Fair Podcast, Fact Check. Let's start the show. Hi, Dan Stein here, President of the Federation for American Immigration Reform, and welcome to Fair Podcast. And I'm joined today by Marianne Mendoza, who has a very important story for you to hear, and she's going to talk about that now and tell you why she endorsed Donald Trump over Ted Cruz and why she is so passionate about Congress eliminating the threat of these so-called sanctuary cities. Thank you for being with us, Marianne. Thank you for having me. Tell us about your son, Brandon, would you please? Brandon was uh, just an incredible son. Um, He grew up knowing very early that he wanted to be a police officer and was one of the earliest, youngest recruits accepted into the Mesa Police Academy at the age of 20 Mm. and went on and had a very rewarding career. The last two years of his life he spent um, on a project that the chief of police had assigned him to revitalizing a complete area in South Mesa that had a park and uh, was overrun with drug dealers and, you know, people in the neighborhood wouldn't even go to it. So he went above and beyond what the police chief had asked him to do and cleared out all the drug dealers and had the city go in and trim the trees up and got grants approved for new playground equipment and and helped the, the neighborhood reclaim their park. And as you go by now, there's still a shrine set up to him at the entrance of the park, and um, it's just full of life. There's kids playing baseball. There's a baseball field within the park now that was renamed Mendoza Ball Field in his honor. And there's a security camera up in the middle of the park that has his badge number on it, so he's forever watching over those children. Mm. So he was a passionate uh, person who cared about his community deeply. Absolutely. Went door-to-door met everybody in that neighborhood before he started the project, and those people loved him. I mean, the stories I heard after he had been killed just broke my heart. I mean, so many things I did not know my son was doing was such a compassionate, caring man. I already knew that about him, but, I mean, the depth that it went was just unbelievable. Spending his own money buying Christmas presents and bikes for, you know, children who really weren't going to have Christmases. He... um, put together a whole Thanksgiving dinner that we have continued doing annually since his death. And we, last year we fed almost 700 people at the Boys and Girls Club at the annual Mendoza Thanksgiving dinner. So he just, he touched many, many lives. And I'm still hearing stories today from people who I, who I run, run across, you know, out and about that tell me things that my son did. Well, I know that uh, when you heard the news about his death, you obviously were in a state of shock. I got a call about 3 o'clock in the morning from a fellow officer of his who was also uh, Air National Guard and was deployed to Afghanistan. That's where I got the call from, um, telling me, Mom, Brandon's been in an accident. And within about 15, 20 minutes, the doorbell rang, and it was Mesa PD taking me to the hospital. And he died in surgery probably about 45 minutes after I arrived at the hospital. That day changed my life forever. And and what happened? How was he killed? Um. The illegal alien had um, gone over 35 miles the wrong way on four different freeways in the Phoenix area, transitioned from freeway to freeway, and um, just Brandon was in an HOV elevated curved ramp, and he had no clue what was coming towards him, and hit him head on, and then um, Brandon was severely injured 
they had basically tried to repair what they could, and and um, he just succumbed to his injuries right at the tail end of surgery. So, and so as time has gone by, you became more involved in uh, trying to understand the policies that produced that scenario that night in 2014. Well, you know, we hear about these sort of things happening as an average American. And when I started doing research, realizing the depth and the amount of Americans killed on a daily basis by illegal aliens in our country, I was stunned that there wasn't more information out there about this. And that's when I wrote, I wrote two letters to President Obama at the time wanting answers as to why this was being allowed to happen and these illegal criminals protected in our cities. Um, the man who had killed my son you know, had been previously charged with crimes and was shown leniency in our court systems. This is another thing that, that, you know, I've really been trying to speak out about is the leniency that illegal criminals are shown in our court systems versus the same crime that an American citizen would commit. They're, they're given less sentencing. They are, you know, given probation a lot of the time, a slap on the hand. They've, they've driven drunk and killed people, and um, they, they get a slap on the hand and get thrown back out into the streets of our cities. And for the life of me, I don't understand how elected officials cannot have the lives of American citizens foremost in their minds and be doing anything and everything to protect us. So when the campaign came around, I guess you made a choice in who you're going to back based on this policy, these issues? Well, in June of 2015, um, when Trump first came to Phoenix, um, the campaign contacted me and wanted me to come to his rally in Phoenix and tell Brandon's story. It was the first politician besides, I mean, there were several out of state. Um, Stephen King from Iowa had called me a, a few days after my son was killed. I never heard from any politician in Arizona about my son's death, a, a Mesa police officer, and nobody had called me from my own state. So when Trump's campaign reached out to me and I thought, you know, this, this could get the story out about my son and wake Americans up as to what our elected officials are not doing for us, I jumped at the chance to do it. And as I became more aware of how he stood on things and, and where he was going, you know, through the campaign with his policies and his thoughts and what he wanted to accomplish as a president, there was no other choice for me at that point. Well, we're all so proud of you, and it looks like Trump prevailed in large part on this issue and the Americans who stood with him. So yeah. how, how do you think he's doing so far? What do you, what's your impression? I think he's done an amazing job um, in a little over 100 days in office. The things that he's been able to accomplish are, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of what previous administrations have done. And even though people may disagree with what he's doing, the way I look at it is at least he's made people aware of it. And there's more people who are educating themselves on these type of issues and becoming more involved because of, you know, what President Trump has brought to, to light, I think. Well, do you think um, people are becoming more interested in trying to pressure Congress to work with Trump on the issue? Because uh, there seems to be some pushback coming from the usual suspects. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the unfortunate thing is, I think a lot of them are paid or coerced into doing the writing that they do. And the pushback that they do, I don't think it's done 
with the free mind. You know, when I was in D.C. for the inauguration and the Women's March was going on, I spent a little time with some of the fellow parents down on the streets talking to some of these young women marching in Washington, and 90% of the women that we talked to had no clue even why they were there. There was no solid reason why they were there. And I really think that this is what a lot of this, you know, liberal pushback is. It's uneducated people not really willing to open their mind and realize that we have a president who really cares about our country and cares about its citizens and cares about what happens versus the usual rhetoric that you hear, campaign promises made and nothing being done. So Mm -hmm. I just wish people would take a deep breath and really educate themselves on these issues, not only illegal, you know, immigration. And, you know, the biggest thing that really bothers me about the whole illegal immigration thing, too, when when they speak out is they talk about our immigrant communities. These are not people living in immigrant communities. These are illegal criminals and the illegal aliens who have broken the law and who are taking advantage of our country and our and our taxpayers. And if they would take the time to educate themselves and not wrap them up with immigrants, we welcome legal immigrants with open arms to this country. We always have. And there's a huge line, you know, in the difference between legal immigrants and illegal immigrants. And I think that's where a lot of people get confused and think that our president is against immigrants. He's not. Well, in order to get Congress to help Trump defund the so-called sanctuary cities and mandate state and local cooperation with police, we're going to have to get together and work together. And I know you and some of your allied uh, angel moms and and other Americans are going to be coming to Washington for Fair's very important Feet to the Fire Radio Row event here in late June. And um, you'll have a lot of opportunity to talk to the American people at that point. And and I know uh, you're looking forward to coming and we're looking forward to seeing you. Absolutely, we're looking forward to coming, and we just hope that people really take the time to listen to our stories and realize we are putting our lives on hold, and we are doing, you know, we're fighting a big fight to prevent this from happening to anybody else in this country. Listen, I never, ever thought my life would change like this, and my life would take a direction that it has for the last three years, but we are all doing this for a purpose. This, this could happen to anybody, you know, listening to this podcast, anybody listening to the radio interviews that we may be on, it can happen in the blink of an eye. Well, I will tell you that we all salute your your effort and your contributions, and I can tell you myself as a father and grandfather at this point, uh, the unimaginable experience of what you've gone through is something that is virtually unthinkable to me, and your bravery and courage and willingness to move forward is an inspiration to me and all of us, and so I look forward to seeing you in June. And thank you, Marianne. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to seeing you, too. That's all for this episode of FAIR Podcasts. Be sure to click the subscribe button and head over to fairus.org to contact us through email or Twitter at FAIR Immigration to keep you up to date on the latest immigration update and reports. That's fairus.org.